Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Spiritual Leader. Um, I'm your host, Darren Baldwin, and I'm joined again by uh, my good friend in ministry, Craig Sloan. Uh, it's good to have you, bro. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, we're, it. we've been getting into some good stuff uh, on the last podcast. And really, Craig, I got to thinking about this. Uh, I really think what we're talking about is I was kind of tinkering around. We're talking about faith because that's where Laura and I left off the podcast before the last one. But we kind of started talking about faith, and then we kind of quickly went into really what I would call the subject of identity. Yeah. And how, if, if you're going to really, like people say, talk about fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody says, a lot of times when you're dealing with people's behavior and problems or challenges, a lot of times what we end up doing is dealing with the fruit. Mm-hmm. But you and I know, and it doesn't take much of a rocket scientist to figure out, the fruit is produced by the tree. Mm-hmm. And if you're producing whatever kind of fruit, it's generally an indication of this is the kind of tree that you have. Yeah. So Jesus, in the story of the fig tree, he cursed the root of the tree. Mm. And I think when we're talking about faith or we're talking about love or any kind of other Christian, what should be an outflow, really, if you're going to change that, the root of that thing is your identity. Mm. And that's kind of what you started getting into on the last thing just talking about your identity, but let's just pick up where we left off and get into some of that um, uh, when it comes to your connection with the Father and how yeah. things should just flow out of that. Well, when you, uh, going back to the last podcast that we did, we talked about how Jesus, you know, the Father affirms him and speaks over him the identity of sonship. And really, God, I know, love when, that, when man. Say this, that again. Say that again. The Father affirms him and releases the blessing of uh, identity. Over him, before he, he ever did anything, of sonship, of before sonship, he ever yeah. did anything, because he said, of, "I'm pleased with you." Yeah, because think up about to it. that point, he was just a carpenter. Yeah, and God said, "I'm pleased with you." Yeah, and it's kind of like this, you know. I'm a, I'm a father of five girls. It's crazy, and my love for them, my affirmation, their acceptance with me, is not based on anything they do. And even if they make a mistake, even if they, oh, you know, this they is were good doing, right here. If they were doing a performance at a recital, a dance, or a ballet or something, and I'm sitting in the crowd, and they were to stumble or make a mistake, well, in the you know the enemy, what he wants to do is point out the mistake and say you're a failure, but what the father does is he stands up in the midst of the people in that moment, and begins to applause and says, "That's my girl. That's my son." <sighs> In whom I'm well pleased. Powerful. Because the Father is pleased with you because of what he did for you, not because of what you do or what you don't do. And so he affirms him as a son. And then the interesting thing is the next chapter, Luke chapter 4, when it, it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He's led in to be tempted, and his test is over his identity. Once his identity is secure, once that he passes that test of sonship, mm. then what is necessary for life to be fruitful flows out of him naturally and organically. He doesn't have to make it happen. It just flows. People get t- close to him and they touch him. The woman that had the issue of blood, she's caused to the crowd, touches the hem of his garment, and she's healed. And it's because the power is out of our connection to the Father. Mm. It's connection to the Father. It's not the anointing. He was anointed when he was born, right? Mm. He, he was born as, as the anointed Messiah. The anointing has to do with the commissioning. It has to do with the calling. 
but it's the identity and the connection to the Father that no matter what you feel or no matter what your environment or your circumstances are, because you're so hooked in, bolted to the table of the, of the Father with Papa and that identity, whatever's needed flows out of you naturally. That's so to, good, that's, man. Don't you think that, you know, Psalms 23 starts off, the Lord is my shepherd, he's my friend. Mm. He's my friend. He's my elder brother. And then it goes through the process, you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, it makes me lie down in green pastures, brings me beside still waters. But then it brings you to the point where it says he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Mm. And then it says he anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now watch this. The end of Psalms 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Psalm starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, he is my brother, he is my friend. Mm. So it's that intimacy with the Father, that when that's established, you don't have to chase goodness and mercy. That's goodness so and good. mercy follows you. And uh, here's the proof of it, and I want you to say something. No, that's good. Is, look, at, look at Peter. Look at Peter. He, he's, uh, Jesus is about to be betrayed. Well, he's already been betrayed. He's about to be crucified. He's going to go to the cross. He's sitting by a fire, and a, a, a servant girl begins to say, aren't you, aren't you the one that's with mm. him? Aren't you one of his disciples? And he responds in fear, denies Jesus three yeah. times to a yeah. little small girl. Yeah. He's intimidated by a little small girl. He's a coward. He's afraid. He's full of fear. But then 60 days later, he's, he's walking through the streets, and people are taking, they're bringing their sick you know, children, they're bringing their sick mom and dad, they're laying him in the streets just so that his shadow, they might get in his shadow, mm. and it says every person that got in his shadow got healed. So what's the difference, think about this, what's the difference between 60 days prior, where he's denying Christ and the rooster crows three times? Now, I'm going to tell you the difference. The difference is when Jesus comes back to him on the shores, he has the fish, makes a meal. He then asks him three questions. He said, Peter, do you love me? He starts out with friendship and moves into agape, which is family. Mm. And into family. God. Unconditional love. Now watch this. Unconditional love is the thing that the Father manifested when Jesus was being baptized. When he comes out of the water, Abba, was releasing his unconditional mm. love. It's not about anything you've done. It's not about what you can do. That's powerful, man. And I'm I'm picking that up right now, just thinking about that that is the foundation in which we should it's so much we're in ministry. We're in yeah. what we people would call full time ministry. Meaning we're our main objective, we don't have a secular job per se. We're we're focused on church or ministry or in your case traveling um, primarily. So many ministers base what they do from their ministry, mm-hmm. their success of their ministry, the how big their ministry gets. and um, But really the healthy approach is to base your, your who you are from your identity and who the Father's love yeah. says you are. You know, it's interesting because I was thinking about, um, I have three children. I have two, my daughters are twins. They'll be 15 this year in just a month or two, I think. Mm-hmm. And you have five daughters, yeah. right? Um, how old is your oldest? 
The oldest is 28. 28, and what's your youngest? She is uh, 14. So 28 to 14, five daughters. It's funny, I, I, I was thinking about, wasn't there a thing in the Bible the guy said he had five daughters who yeah. prophesied? Well, there was actually, yeah, I was, uh, we were having our, I think it was our, it was our second, I can't remember if it was second or third baby. And uh, I had a call from a pastor friend in Knoxville that I used to minister for every year. And he said, I'm going to give you a word. He said, you may not like it. He said, I know you're having your second second child. And I believe it was a second. He said, the Lord gave me a scripture. It says, Philip the evangelist had five virgin oh daughters. Gosh. He said, you're going to have five daughters. Which, I, of course, I didn't say, oh, no, what am I going to do? You know, I was like, oh, cool, I received that. That's a blessing. And so I don't. I don't think yeah. I would. I don't think I would have received that. That word yeah. wasn't for me. I got. I got three. And I, somebody said, "How do you?" You know, the Bible says uh, the children are like arrows in the quiver. Yes. And they said, "How do you?" Some minister said, "How do you know when your quiver's full?" Oh, and he, now the, you're gonna get into. No, no, no. We're gonna move on. The guy said, "This minister said, how do you know when your quiver is full?'" And he said, "I asked him how." And he said, "You turn around and look at all your children, and you start to quiver." <laughs> And I said, my quiver is full at three. The only, the next child that I want is going to be a grandchild, but praise <laughs> the Lord. But I started to say, when it, I've learned this with my own children, and I know you have, because I can see that the favor of God and the blessing of God is on your children, Yeah. which children are a reflection of parents in most cases. I know there's some exceptions where you do things right, and then still the child has to, they go out and try to find their own way. Uh, they learn the hard way, like they say, which sometimes is not always a reflection of the parents. Sometimes it's a reflection of the call that's on the child, and they the have process. to go out and run their own race. Yeah. But in raising my children, my daughters are just turned 15. My son is 12. The Lord has really taught me a lot about grace when it comes to parenting. And I've seen that where I've really wanted to, my children, even at only 15, my daughters have done some stupid things. They've yeah. made some terrible mistakes. They've gotten into things that probably most people would say are terrible and not good. And it's not like I led them into that. Uh, my one daughter, I feel like you actually prophesied over her last night. She has a powerful call on her life. and uh, Influence. She, yeah. And I, she, I have seen where the enemy has tried to come in and, like the Scripture says, sift her like wheat. But we've prayed for her. Jesus has prayed for her. And her faith is going to stand and endure, and she's going to make it through to the other side. But when it comes to discipline, I the Lord really has taught me a lot about his love through parenting, and like I'm sure he has you too. Oh, yeah. But in those cases where they fail, I feel like now there was one occasion where my, I should, probably shouldn't say this on the recording, but on, on one instance, I literally wanted to, hurt my daughter because she caused me so much pain in this moment. And then it was during that time, I literally told my daughter, I said, you need to go away from me right now because I am very angry. And it was then, dude, that like my wife and I, we grabbed hands. When my daughter walked out of the room, went up to her room, we grabbed hands and we wept together and we prayed and it was just like the love of God just came upon us. And within a few moments, we, we got our bearings about us, and we called my daughter back down. And we literally, like, my wife and I surrounded her, mm. and we wept over her. But the cool thing was we, the love of God poured into that room. 
And I learned something about parenting then, how God parents us. The father. You know, the Lord spoke to me one time and said, you know, I'm a father too. Yeah. And from then I was just delivered from being a failure as a father because I said, God's my father. Mm. But we poured love and we extended grace. And I thought, isn't that, that gives me assurance in my identity to know, to deliver me from those old religious mindsets and strongholds that said, God's, God is for me. Mm-hmm. Like Romans eight thirty two, he that spared not his son, but delivered him. him up for, how can he not with him also freely give me all things? But it's the love of a true father. I think you talked about this, the orphan spirit. It's really like the church has acted like a bastard, mm. a bastard child that was illegitimate, that was never accepted, never had an identity of a parent, that a true connection, that I'm a son, Mm-hmm. And you brought that out in the scriptures this weekend, just saying how Adam was the son of God. Yeah. You know, truthfully, Adam became the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. That's why he never said Adam was not God's begotten, only begotten. Yeah. Or, or he said Jesus was his only begotten. Yeah. What happened to Adam? Well, he became the son of the devil mm-hmm. because he sold out his birthright to the devil. But isn't that interesting, dude, that... He became a fallen man. He became a fallen man. But the the identity of who God says we are is so powerful, bro. Yeah. Look, there's two things as you're talking, the Holy Spirit's kind of showing me. It's so cool how revelation deep calls to deep. But the first thing is, is no matter, you can never do anything more to get the Father to love you more. So good. And you can never do anything less to get Him to love you any less. His love is unchangeable. Mm. For you, you know the psalm, the reckless love, mm. where he will he'll leap over anything, he'll break through any wall to get to you. And you see this. Make sure we come back to the arrows because there's something in that that yeah. you said that Lord showed me. But if you look at the Luke 15 and the story of the prodigal son, it's really not the story of the prodigal son. It's the story of the loving father. You know, we preach it as the prodigal son, but it's really about the loving father that accepted his son. Because the son that took his inheritance and went out and wasted it. You know, you waste your life when you disconnect from the father. Your inheritance is what you were created for. It's what oh, you are born so good, for. It's, you know, you don't have to do anything to get your inheritance. It's what God, it's the very destiny, it's the very thing that he created you for, what you were born for, the impact that you're going to make, the things that you're going to do in life, those are already ingrained in you. That's why he chose you before the foundations of the world. You were accepted and blameless. He put everything you need to fulfill your assignment inside of you. But then what's interesting to me is that the son that wastes his inheritance, when he gets in the pig pen, comes to his senses. By the way, when you live outside of your identity and you live outside of your inheritance, you're always going to eat, you'll be content to eat slop, to eat slop, you know, to eat things that you would not normally eat and accept things that you would never accept. People say the new normal, this is your new normal to eat slop. Yeah, (laughs) and you live far below the privileges of what God called you to do but here's the most cool thing is when he comes to his senses which really is repentance is to change your thinking it's to change the way you have been thinking it's a mindset Mm. when he changes his mindset now if you're in the pit pen it's because your mind got you there it's because you believed a lie god did not intend for you to live in the pit pen you allowed your mind to go there that's why when people come out they always come out head first 
if you're going to come out of a financial situation, you've got to come out head first. Your mind Change has to be removed. And that comes through That's powerful. gazing upon the Father. That's powerful. a whole other topic. But here's the key. He, he comes to his senses, and then he says, I, if I can just go back to my Father's house, to Abba's house, which is what David talked about through Psalms. He called, I want to live forever in Abba's house. In the Father, house of God. Is when he, he says, if I go back, I, I'll, be just, I'll just go back and be a servant. Now watch this. He goes back, and of course the Father puts the robe. There's a lot of yeah, yeah, prophetic yeah. meaning in this. Puts the robe, puts the ring puts the shoes on the sandals of peace and he throw, kills the fatted calf says kill the fatted calf we're going to celebrate the son has come back home he's come back to the place of identity as a son but when he comes he comes as a servant and he says I just want to be your servant and the father says no he's not. you're not my servant you're my son now the elder brother is in the house doing everything right that he's supposed to do you know, he shows up for uh, Monday night prayer. He's one of the top tithers in the church. He's got a lot of responsibility in ministry. He's super faithful. He's a great husband, father. He's doing all the right things, but he's gotten disconnected. He's in the house, but he's not connected. He's living like a servant. He's actually living yeah. like a servant. He's living like an orphan mm. in the house, but he's, he's not connected. It's possible to be in church and not be connected to the father. Mm. It's, connect, it's possible to be in the family and not be connected to the father. But the thing I love about this, and just to get to the point, is he celebrates the prodigal that comes back home who did everything wrong. He, t- he takes him and, and throws a party. So what does the Father do for us when we make the mistakes, when we mess up? It's the, He's waiting for you to not believe the lie and recognize you are a son. Behavior always follows identity Mm -hmm. what comes out of you is a product of who you are and when you know who you are when you know that you're a son then naturally out of your life out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks or guards your heart for out of it Mm -hmm. flows the Mm -hmm. issues of life the issues that people face are coming are a byproduct of being disconnected from their identity yeah gosh that's just so so good let me say one more thing faith Faith is is the inheritance, is the substance of things believed for, that things hoped for. Faith is the language of sons and daughters. It's powerful. And when you, the doubt and unbelief is the language of spiritual orphans, those who live disconnected from the Father. That's so if so you're good. full of unbelief and doubt, it's because you need to get reconnected back to the Father. Yeah, and we're going to get into some of that as we uh, move forward into uh, the next podcast. Well, I hope you got something out of this today. It's a lot of good stuff, and just thinking about the love of God, uh, you know, who we are as sons and daughters of God, uh, just the, I call grace, that grace is just the boundaries of that God gives us the ability to learn, to connect with his love, and, and life is almost the process of learning how to get our identity from the Father and moving forward and all that. Mm-hmm. But these are really game-changing principles, yeah. uh, just thinking about so many of these. So we're going to continue on in this thread. I uh, hope you got something out of this. It's Darren and uh, Craig. We're signing off for now, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Love you.